All right. Welcome in, everybody. This is Jared Palmgren, host of the Chasing the Natty podcast. I am here, as always, with my ever handsome, reliable, whatever other complimentary word I can add on to today, host, Mr. Xavier Hood. Um, a lot of things you guys might notice a little different here. First of all, you notice that there was no opening to this episode. There was no uh, bugle horn going off. You'll also notice that this is a podcast-only version of the King's Classic episodes. And really, there's a kind of not a really a long story behind it. Basically, my desktop is in the shop at the moment. Um, I had a, uh, one of my uh, arrow lights came on uh, in my computer. And I took it in, have them check it out and everything. So until I get it back, I will not be able to use our recording software or any of our graphics or anything like that, which is fine. We're hoping that is a minor problem and that I can get back to it. Worst case scenario, we'll figure that out later. But even still, welcome to another episode of the King's Classic Sit Start Discussion with myself and Xavier Hood. Xavier, how are you doing today, man? Good. Uh, we have uh, college football coming up again uh, tomorrow. Actually, I think we have only like maybe what two or three games. I think four or five. Let me double check. Four or five. Yeah. But yeah, we have four or five games. Uh, some games I'm interested in. Some games maybe not so much. But it feels like just because of that Labor Day weekend, that you know, it was a shortened week, so we can get back into college football a lot faster for week two. Oh yeah. Honestly, I, like as much as I love college football, I was glad to have a few days of just breaks there. Uh, to get over the the great week one that we were able to have there. And also, I just looked up, there are four games tomorrow night. Um, Probably the most interesting one being Kansas and Coastal Carolina, because who doesn't doesn't like watching Kansas get beat up? Um, So uh, what we're going to do here today, we're going to recap last week's uh, results from our Kings Classic League. We'll tell you whether we won or lost, what players worked out for us, what players did not. Xavier has quite a bit to say on that. Uh, from there, we'll then move on to this week. We'll discuss who we're going to sit, who we're going to start in our team. And then finally, we'll look ahead to who we are facing in week one, and we will discuss whether or not we think we will win or lose. So Xavier, why don't you go ahead and start the conversation of what happened last week? How'd it go for us? Man, last week was very nerve wracking, I will say at the least, because um, we had our early set of games. What was it? Uh, I think our first game for players were like Thursday and Friday. Yeah, we had Sam Howell and Ty Chandler. Yeah, and then we also had uh, Michigan State played on Friday, I believe, against Northwestern, or either that was Thursday. And there was just a lot of games going on at the same time. And it was week one, you know, to see if players would pan out and I uh, have week one jitters or they, you know, continue where they left off. And for the most part, it, re- it went really well for us. I'm not going to lie. Now it came down to the wire. I will say the least to where we were neck and neck with CFB uh, winning edge, uh, Nick Allen, if you don't follow him on social media and you know, his podcasts, you should as well. Great content over there. Uh, he had us on the ropes for a second. Sam Howell came out and, as you all know, did not have the greatest game against Virginia Tech. So we're looking for, you know, maybe a bounce back game for the next one. Mac Brown will get that program together and uh, see what they can do going forward. But uh, CJ Stroud uh, showed up, freshman QB, uh, six point passing touchdowns in our league, really helped us out with the four passing touchdowns. He had me a little bit worried in that first half. And then finally, you know, started getting a rhythm uh, second quarter and then definitely that second half. Now for our running backs, uh, Tyler Algier. 
Uh, I'm still a little bit hesitant about him, but he had a good game against Arizona. Uh, he had a touchdown, 94 uh, rushing yards and seven receiving yards. So definitely good for PPR. Ty Chandler was a little bit of a letdown. I feel like uh, UNC just didn't call the best of game for him. Like the script was just terrible, where they kept trying to bail themselves out by using Sam Howell to throw the ball. So that kind of ended up uh, biting us in the uh, biting us in the foot, uh, but it's all right. Uh, our riders, our wide receivers all did well for us. Uh, David Bell had a lot of receptions, which we were uh, kind of looking forward to. He did not get a touchdown, but it felt like he did because he had 134 yards on eight receptions in a PPR half PPR league. So that no, this is full like, PPR. Oh, it's full PPR. So yeah, it even worked out a lot better for us. And then we had Rakeem Jared, the uh, the one player that we did decide uh, collectively to um, put in over. Let's see, who was the player? It was Sam. Uh, it wasn't Sam Pickney. We'll get to that. Well, no, we we, had... we, we benched Sam Pickney at first, if you remember, and then we I did. we convinced I convinced you to uh, put Sam Pickney in at flex over um, Kenneth Walker, which um... oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. So um, we had we have we had Rakeem Jared, you know, where we collectively de- uh, decided to agree that hey, Maryland was going against uh, West Virginia. They lost a lot of in that secondary. I feel like Rakeem Jared being the focal point of that offense, which it was a little bit scary for at times because it looked like DeMoss was kind of uh, you know taking off and even that seniority. But Rakeem well, Jared showed that he is the best player I believe on that team. He and DeMoss were basically clones of each other in that game. They both had like six seven. Uh, receptions, both 122, 120 something yards, and like each had a touchdown. Like it was insane yeah. how similar their stat lines were. But I think the what would uh, convince me that Rakeem was probably like the focal point. It was like how they were using him. They would even put him in like rushing, like jet sweeps, different like schemes like that in plays to where they were just like, this is, we have to get the ball in our best players' hands. And then Damas was obviously like, yeah, they're definitely their wide receiver 1B, but Rakeem Jarrett is just like that 1A player. But I don't disagree with you there. They were definitely clones in the receiving game. Then we had overliable Garrett Wilson, five receptions, 80, uh, 80 yards, and a touchdown against Minnesota. Uh, felt really good having him. Olave had a great day as well, but we don't have Olave. We have the other counterpart to that. Michael mm-hmm. Meyer. Uh, it, it, I remember God bless me Michael Meyer. Yeah, we, we had this discussion where Michael Meyer, I liked Michael Meyer a lot going into this season. I thought that I, I I said this uh, off air where I was like, Jared, I think we have, you know, I'm not going to say we're ever going to see Kyle Pitts again, but we have something really, really close to Kyle Pitts in terms of pro- possible production from Michael Meyer, only as a mm-hmm. sophomore at Notre Dame. And Jack's Cones, uh, Jack Cones showed a lot of promise in that passing game and can get his uh, tight in the ball, the running backs, the ball, and a few receivers as well, too. So, it leaves a lot to be as um, it leaves a lot for uh, a low hope for us for the future for Notre Dame, especially in some of those bigger games. Now they're not point yeah. out that Meyer had nine receptions in this game. In addition to that, he had like three or four drops in this game. Like he yeah. had a he he had a case of the dropsies on Sunday, but that's that like that's double digit targets for a tight end. That's going to be huge for us going down the line, especially if they continue to use Michael Meyer the same way. Like I am yeah. so excited about Michael Meyer going down. Yeah. So Michael Meyer is really great. Might end up being tight end number one at, or towards the end of the year. I know a lot of people had, you know, um, Cole Turner, Jalen Wadermeyer, a lot of other guys ahead of him. Probably not Wadermeyer so much, but just a few I can name off the top of my head. But now onto our flex, Chesma Lucy. Uh, originally, it was a Sam, we had Sam Pickney in that uh, slot. 
But we had a we had a notification because we were being good uh, fantasy managers that Sam Pickney had uh, caught a case of COVID, so we had to make a split des- uh, second decision, and we had Ches Malusi and uh, Jalen Berger on our bench, and I jokingly said, "Hey, we should put in Jalen Berger just because uh, Jared said Ches uh, he wanted Ches Malusi." And at first, he kind of believed me for a second. I was like, no, 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 no. Let's put in Chez. I, uh, I when you sent me that, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You do not need to be this petty. I'm like, you're not going to throw away this weekend because of this. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. I, I, I believe you. I understand. Chez Malusi feels like the right choice. And he got a ton of work. I'm pretty sure it was like, what, 20 plus? It was like 20 30 plus carries. carries. Yeah, it was, it was something ridiculous. And even though it did not look inspiring, they were going into Penn State team where I can't really gauge Penn State right now, like defensively or offensively. It's really weird. They're in a, a weird space right now. We'll see next weekend if they, Sean Clifford could put it together against Ball State and easier competition. But mm-hmm. overall, it just Chesma you know, he, he got a lot of two, three yard rushes, but he, they just kept feeding him because the passing game wasn't working out well. Graham Mertz didn't look like the guy that a lot of people expected him to be. So they just kept giving Ches the ball. So mm-hmm. I was happy for that. But now uh, into this upcoming week, Jalen Berger has come back into that uh, RB2. It's no longer an or between him and um, – oh, No, it's a, no it is an or now. That's oh, a, it is that, an or. That, 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 that's the big thing is that um, – oh, I forget I forget the other guy's name off the top of my head, but um, there is an or now between him and the – who would have been the RB3 beforehand. So, yeah, so I, I think a lot of it is that they were really trying to keep it under wraps that Berger was not going to play in that game whatsoever – yeah. And so I think from now on, they're going to be a little bit more loosey goosey with the fact that they're saying like, Hey, burgers down on the depth chart right now, because of the fact that he was injured. And honestly, I think Malusi is the guy going forward for right now. So yeah. I think it's great for us to have on our, or have on our team right now. Yeah. And then last we had Demontre Tuggle, Jared's personal favorite, probably in his uh, fan favorite fantasy player for the past, like off season. My boy. Uh, he went against Syracuse. Not the greatest of showing. I, I did mention earlier in uh, last week's episode that I didn't like when some uh, going into Power 5 competition for some of these backs, no matter, like, you know, the production they showed the previous year. Mm-hmm. Now, I am excited to see from, like, I'm pretty sure he had – he was the focal point of that offense. I got majority of those carries. So he I can't got like 16 go- carries, I believe. Yeah, he, got six, he got 16 carries. It was only for 65 yards. Mm-hmm. But I, I will like to see that in the MAC play. Or just add, um, you know, in lesser competition because they play. Uh, oh, I can't even pronounce the team's name. It's like Duskin. Uh, Duquesne. Ooh, Duquesne. Oh, why, why do you why do they spell like that? So weird. Duquesne. It's French. They play Duquesne. Oh, okay. Wow, fancy. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I am excited to see what he can do against lesser competition that's not in the Power Five or in his own comp- uh, conference in the MAC. So I, I, I will, you know, stay along for the tugboat for a little while longer, but his leash got a little bit shorter for, for me personally. No, and I think that's I, – I, again, as the number one tugboat fan around, I can say that's, that's completely fair. I expected him to do a little bit better against Syracuse because I knew that he, he does well against bad competition. I'm like, okay, Syracuse is not a good Power 5 team, so he can at least get some work done. Well, I think a lot of it might have also just been he just couldn't find the end zone. Yeah, like, like um, Ohio in general just couldn't find the end zone. So, but even in addition to that, 16 carries, 65 yards, not exactly the strongest showing in the world. Um, but like you said, I'm, I'm happy to continue with him for at least right now. Uh, in terms now, of our, mat- our predictions on the matchup and everything, 
Um, overall, we were correct on the quarterback front. Um, God bless CJ Shroud for that. Yeah. Um, really saved us there. Uh, as we predicted on the in the in our running back slots, we got beat out by Tank Bigsby and Brees Hall. No surprise yeah, there. Wide receivers, we actually beat them on all three fronts. Uh, yeah. Rakeem Jarrett beat out John Dotson. David Bell beat out Jordan Addison, and Garrett Wilson beat out Travell Harris. So we won out there. Michael Meyer destroyed Isaiah Likely. Um, and then we lost out on the flex. Uh, he had Anaya Smith and uh, C.J. Verdell, which outscored Ches Malusi and Demontre Tuggle. But at the end of the day, this was a 12-point victory for us. And considering we benched, we, we benched Kenneth Walker, who had 50 points on our yeah. bench, that to me is so huge that we were able to win this by 12 points uh, and start off the season with a 1-0 record. So yeah, I was very, very happy to see that. Also, um, I would like to mention uh, Mayan Williams as well, too. Like, oh, I yeah. feel like, yeah, just anybody other than Ty Chandler or even Algier, because Mayan Williams and Kenneth Walker outproduced our starting running backs, both of them. So it, it just goes to show, like, things happen. Like, Mayan Williams was a little bit more of a question mark for me, and I was happy mm-hmm. to see the role that he might could have at Ohio State. It's between him and it looks like Trevion Henderson going forward. And I feel like uh, – it's going to definitely be a battle, and I'm going to be excited for this Oregon game. Kenneth Walker, not to say as I predicted, but I will say I, I told you I get the I you were told believe, you so. You were believing. I, yeah, I, you get the I told I, you so. I get the I told you so. And it's just so much came out of camp. It's like from, you know, a lot of those uh, guys up in Spartanburg and all that were just saying, hey, Kenneth Walker is this really good transfer coming in. We could have our first 1,000-yard receiver uh, running back uh, that we've had since, since it was like a couple. It's been a really long time. I can't even remember the player's name. It's somebody mm-hmm. that just was a great college player, didn't make it to the NFL. It was neither here nor there. But it was just it was just so great to, like, you know, have a guy that you were like, all right, and all the mock drafts that we did, I could get Kenneth Walker for the last pick. And I think in the Kings Classic, we got him towards the end. And I felt I really so. proud of that. And I was like, I, I believed in this guy, and I love what I hope they continue this going forward. It looks like it because they beat a good Northwestern team. And I'm excited to see for the future and if he can break that 1,000-yard uh, rushing uh, achievement for him this season. So, yeah. Uh, I'm looking it up real quick. Hold on. My phone's being dumb. Uh, we got Kenneth Walker in the 16th round in the yeah. Kings Classic. So, we got an absolute steal there, it looks like. Uh, we'll go ahead and move on to this week. Um, so we'll go ahead and do our sit start discussion here. Uh, we're going to go through who we're going to start a quarterback. Who we're going to start running back wide receiver, tight end and flex. We'll go to each of those positions. Some of these are just going to be no brainers. We're just going to say, are we on the same page with this? Uh, starting like, I'll go ahead and get tight end another way. Xavier, are we starting Michael Meyer again? Absolutely. Yes. No question about it. It's Toledo. No, no question about it. I like Josh Wiley. They're going against Murray state, but even still that's, yeah, Meyer and he had a good game against uh, Miami of Ohio as well, too. But it's just Michael Meyer. He's getting the receptions. Michael Meyer is something special. So we'll go ahead and serve a quarterback here. So currently in our starting slot, we have Sam Howell and C.J. Stroud still there. Uh, Sam Howell playing Georgia State and C.J. Stroud playing Oregon this week. On our bench, yeah. we have J.T. Daniels and Caleb Ellaby. So I think J.T. Daniels, with how questionable he is to play this Saturday, I think is def- a definite no for this week. Um, if he was playing, I might've considered a little bit more because again, I do think that the offense is going to look a lot better this Saturday against, you know, not an elite defense, but I guess the question then becomes here. We have 
Sam Howell against Georgia State. We have CJ Stroud going against going up against Oregon, but then we have Caleb Ellaby going up against Illinois State. So like this is like a Division Two FCS program. Um, what what do we want to rely on here, Saber? Do we want to go with Sam Howell and CJ Stroud like we did last week? Trust them to be still in the game the entire game, not have to worry about them getting pulled or anything like that. Or do we go with Caleb Ellaby, who's Western Michigan is probably about to beat the ever-loving crap out of Illinois State. Yeah, this is tough. Um, it, it, it's really because uh, I'll say this. I'll start with Sam Howell. I think Mac Brown and UNC, they're not going to pull Sam Howell. I think they have something to prove after that uh, upsetting loss from mm-hmm. Virginia Tech that they have to fix some things out, get the offense going so that they can get their season back on track to you know make a bowl game or even make it to the uh, co- uh, win the Coastal Division. So mm-hmm. they're going to, they want to start off strong. Sam Howell, you know, has the ability to light it up and throw as many touchdowns as he wants. And um, we also have um, Ty Chandler as well, too, who can get receiving work as a back, but we'll, we'll leave that to later. So, and then CJ Stroud, this is a big game for him, probably the biggest game that he's going to have to face uh, this season until the pack, uh, not the pack 12, the big 12, big 10 championship. Yes. Um, so this will be a test for him. They will keep him in the entire time. This is a young Oregon team, but also a talented Oregon team. If Keishon Thibodeau comes back, this will this can be, you know end up being you know very interesting for CJ Stroud if he's going to rise to the adversity, or this could end up you know coming uh, back around at us. So I, it, it's tough because Caleb Ellaby did lose Sky Moore to injury. That's that's his top receiver, and then they also uh, Western Michigan has Ladarius Jefferson, so they could go the route of you know Caleb Ellaby and Ladarius Jefferson just running around, you know, moving the ball down uh, on the ground, and Caleb Ellaby can get those rushing touchdowns, or it could be Ladarius. I I just don't know. I feel co- I feel fine with what we have now. Um, I mean, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm kind of leaning towards with you again. I love Caleb Ellaby. I'm a huge Caleb Ellaby fan. Um, but I'm with you again. Uh, you lose a uh, sky Moore last week against Michigan. We don't know how long he's going to be out for. I haven't looked, I haven't really looked into it. I'll be honest. Um, so you're really down to Jalen hall as your top receiver, which I'm hoping he gets some work this week. Cause I got him in my group five league and I, I need help at receiver in there. Um, yeah. but even, but even so, uh, you, you lose sky Moore, So maybe you're trying not to get your receivers worked in too much because you don't want to lose anybody else. So like you said, they could go ground and pound with Ladarius Jefferson uh, versus Sam Howell. That passing game, that entire offense has a lot to prove this week, and they're going up against a horrific Georgia State defense. So I have a feeling they're going to be putting up plenty of points this week. And then again, like CJ Stroud, this, like, this Ohio State offense is designed to be explosive. Only one of CJ Stroud's touchdown passes last week came from less than 40 yards away like that's insane that is insane so i think you're going to see cj shroud probably do a almost similar performance this week against oregon and i think he's worth keeping in for this week so i'm going sam howell and cj shroud i think we're both in agreement on that yeah so move on to running back here and this is where i think things get a little bit more interesting now i think it's very clear kenneth walker goes in like he's off the bench he is in our starting lineup this week which probably means he's going to score five points this week rather than 50 but you know how it'd be. Um, the other name I think is interesting for you to put in here is Demontre Tuggle, who did not have a very good week last week, obviously. But like we said, he does well against garbage competition. 
and he gets enough carries to where he can break off for long runs. And he's going up against Duquesne this week in FCS or a division two program. I can never keep those two straight. So I think, yeah, Duquesne was a team that was absolutely destroyed by uh, TCU last week. So I think Ohio is not going to have any real problem with them. So yeah. What, anything else yeah. you want to add here, Xavier? Uh, nope. Uh, uh, it'll get more interesting as we go down to our flexes. Uh, cause I feel like I'm comfortable with our flexes at the moment, but we'll, we'll discuss that when, once we get down there, but, um, I'm in agreement too. I guess we can, uh, I guess I'll go on to our wide receivers. Um, yes. yeah, we have David Bell versus UConn. Um, I'm sorry, John love, but it's UConn. Uh, you just <laughs> fired your head coach. Um, you saw what Fresno state did in week, what zero, uh, and with that passing attack with Jalen Cropper and all of them. And then so I'm expecting uh, Holy Cross beat him this last week. Yeah, that was that was very tough. I was rooting for uh, UConn, so John can have that you know one uh, week of glory for a win. Which you know uh, you support. I, I love uh, people that have die like diehard uh, fanships for their teams, even if how bad they are. So it's don't new, worry. Uh, UConn versus UMass is coming up in a couple of oh, weeks. Yeah. So got a got well, a real real good matchup right there. Yeah, but I, I love David Bell in this matchup. I think he's going to get, you know, at least a touchdown. That's just because last week he didn't. But this mm-hmm. week, I, I feel, you know, a, a good percentage, like eight, 85% or higher, he's most likely going to get a touchdown. Now okay. we're moving on to our another uh, next wide receiver. Kim Jarrett is going against Howard University and HBCU at the, oh, man, is it Division One or Division Two? Because they play in the SWAC division, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe not. I forgot how some of the, the HBCUs work. But Howard's not, you know, a team to really look out for. They're, they're not. Uh, hmm. yeah, I'm sorry to say this, but the HBCUs don't bring in a lot of, like, football talent. And now you're going against Maryland with uh, Talia, who looks great, Dante DeMoss, and Rakeem Jarrett. That's just going to be too much for them, no matter what they have. Mm-hmm. So I, I love Rakeem Jarrett in that matchup. Now we have Garrett Wilson versus Oregon. This, this is tricky. Uh, I, I'm fine because Garrett Wilson is that elite talent. Like it, it feels Chris Olave is there. T- if we get Chris Olave there too, I would feel comfortable. Uh, the same amount of comfortability as Garrett Wilson. But I mean, if we look down to our bench, we we do have um, we we have some options. We have maybe I think two options that I could fight for. One maybe more than the next. Justin Mangata. I know a lot of people were looking at that Clemson game versus Georgia. And just feeling like DJ and that Clemson offense is probably just like not as explosive as it was in years past. And I'm here to tell you, it's still there. I absolutely still there. It's just that they had to face probably the second best defense in the nation. Arguably, like it's arguably for first or second. I'll give it to Alabama for now. But Georgia was no slouch going into that matchup. And Clemson knew that it would be a challenge for that week one program. Now they're going to get South Carolina State. And I'm expecting a huge game from Joseph Ngata, who it seemed like he got a lot of, uh, you know, a favorable targets from DJ as well, too. He, he had over 100 yards, just no touchdowns. But I, mm. I love the production that he got from him. Now, that's the one I could argue maybe going in over Garrett Wilson. And then Charleston Rambo. He had a few catches uh, against um, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And they're going against Appalachian State. And I know we mentioned in our uh, preview, our week preview, that Jared – you you kind of you you wouldn't be surprised if App State got the upset, but you're not taking I would not the be. upset. No, I'm not taking so, the upset, but I wouldn't be surprised by it. So it's all up to really like uh, how Derek King and Charleston Rambo like you know look in that connection to see if they can get in the end zone because I, I do respect App State, but I just like Miami a little bit more. 
But I, if I had to choose between the two, it'd be Joseph and God. If we were we're going to choose between Garrett Wilson, but I would love to get your thoughts on this, Jerry. What, what are you thinking? So I'm honestly of the opinion that Garrett Wilson is going to be huge in that Oregon game. Um, this is like Chris Olave, like or both him and Chris Olave are separation monsters. Mm-hmm. And but I think Garrett Wilson's always been a little bit better about when he is caught with a good set with a good cornerback or good or a good DB. Uh, he'll go up and get it. So I think he's going to be huge in that Oregon game for it. So I want to keep Garrett Wilson in. Here's my proposal. And you, get ready for this, Xavier, because this is this is where we got in trouble last last week. Okay. Do we bench Rakeem Jarrett for Joseph Angata? And there, here's my argument. Here's my argument. Okay. You got Maryland coming off a big win, big out-of-conference win against Western West Virginia. They okay. are getting ready to play their first Big Ten matchup next week they're playing howard this week i think is extremely likely you see starters pulled in this game relatively early if maryland is able to get up on them early versus joseph Engata, clemson offense coming off of a very piss poor performance against georgia and again georgia's defense is elite so we can't knock them too much but even still they got something to prove they're probably going to be kept in that game against south carolina state maybe just a little bit longer so what are you? What are your thoughts here? Like this is the, this is my thought process here. Uh, I, I don't disagree with your thought process, but I, I just I, I just think Maryland is not the type of team to just um, you know it's not like a big Big Ten uh, team. Uh, it's not a, it's not a huge program out of the Big Ten, okay. and they've recruited a five star wide receiver that you know is not going to basically like demand the ball, but his presence is just there to where I feel like he'll just break off. And then, like, if if he gets us, like, 100 yards and a touchdown, I'm happy for the week. Joseph Vengata mm-hmm. can do the same thing as well, too, in that South Carolina State game. And they can just throw in a lot of other receivers that they have behind them as well, too, once they get up. Mm-hmm. But I know they are coming off of a big loss, and they'll, you know, probably beat up on South Carolina State, you know, unfairly like they did the Citadel last year. But it's, it's really tough. Like, you could go either way. But I think I'm going to have to go with the upside of uh... – oh, man, because it's really tough because Rakeem Jarrett is fighting with Dante DeMoss and that other tight end that I can't pronounce his name right now. I can't think of off the top of my head. But also you have Joseph Ngata. Like, we didn't get to see the full capabilities of Justin Ross back healthy. They also have uh, Fred Latson. If they put in a Joe, a Joe. I mean, Justin Ngata definitely looks like he's primed and ready for that wide receiver one at Clemson. So it's, it's really like – it feels almost even. Like, it, it wouldn't matter to me, but I just – I want to go with my heart and just stick with Rakeem Jarrett. I, I feel like the talent alone earns him that spot, especially with the, what the work that he got, like, you know, mixing up in the run game. Maybe they try and experiment some different plays with him, like, you know, more jet sweeps. Maybe. And also, you know, yeah, do some things like that. So, I, I, I think I feel – I think I would rather prefer having Rakeem Jarrett in our starting spot, slot. Now, it, it, I don't think it will come back to bite us as much, but if Angada goes off for, like, you know, two or three touchdowns, then I'll feel a little bit, you know, hurt I'll, by I'll it get my I, I told you so moments. You can you can definitely get your I told you so because I, I will feel terrible. That's fine. It's, I'm, I'm going to give this to you. We'll keep Rakeem Jarrett in, and okay. we'll keep Angada on the bench because – and I, like I said, we'll keep him on the bench because I'm still more comfortable with keeping two running backs in our two flex positions – just because they get more touches every game. Uh, currently, right there, right now, we have one of our waiver wire pickups. We actually forgot to go through that. Um, yeah. We picked up uh, Jashawn Corbin and uh, 
Um, Joseph Ngata off of the waiver wires. A lot of that has to do with the fact that we were the fourth highest scoring team last week in the league. So therefore we have a pretty poor waiver wire priority. We wanted to go after Isaiah Bowser. That's who we were really aiming for, but he was already taken um, very early on in the waiver wire process. But we were, we were able to get Joseph, uh, Corbin and Joseph Ngata. Uh, Deshaun Corbin currently in our flex spot along with Ches Malusi. I think both of these guys are going to be good. They're both playing against lower competition. Jez Malusi playing against Eastern Michigan. Sean Corbin playing against Jacksonville State. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Corbin doesn't get as many carries as I'd like. He only had 15 carries last week, but he was playing out of his freaking mind in that Notre Dame game. And Notre Dame's not a bad defense. I don't really care what people are saying about like, oh, maybe they're bad this year. I like know that. Notre Dame's defense. They are highly disciplined. They are going to be good, at, if not at the very beginning, by the very end. So I think Deshaun Corbin could easily go off, break off for a run or two in the Jacksonville State game. I have no problem there. And then Ches Malusi just gets the volume currently. So I think he's going to be good for us there in that flex position. The only real question is, do we switch any of them out for a guy like Tyler Algier, Ty Chandler, or Mayan Williams? So what do you think, Xavier? Uh, definitely not Tyler Algier. Like um, Arizona – Arizona was a good team that BYU faced, but Utah will definitely be a different monster. In terms uh, of Arizona is not a good team. I'm just oh, no, no, no. It, was, it, it was a good team in terms of like they, they were a good team that night to where they pushed BYU mm. uh, a little bit in that game. But they were yeah, good in for terms fantasy. of like, yeah, like in terms of, you know, um, the hierarchy of the Pac 12, yeah, they're at the bottom of the barrel, and Utah is probably at like top two or three. Mm-hmm. And that defense is legit. Uh, that I believe that from uh, all I've been hearing. So I wouldn't want to put Tyler Algier out there now. If he could break off and have a breakout season again, that would be great. And then it would leave me for you know the future weeks of like, hey, Tyler Algier was a good pickup by us. Ty mm-hmm. Chandler versus Georgia State. I I just need to see it now because I still believe in him, but I need to see it for me to like believe and uh, believe enough in him to put him in, back as a like a starter or a flex. Basically, so I'm not there yet. I'm, from, from what I'm saying with Ty Chandler, it's like if UNC's offense goes off in that game, we're going to get plenty of that from Sam Howell, I think. Yeah. And if they fix it with Ty Chandler and everything, we'll know to start him in future weeks. Exactly. Maya Williams, that's probably like the person I would be like, maybe I, I'd give a chance at flex because it's a big game versus Oregon. If news comes out that Kayshawn Thibodeau is not playing, then me and Jared probably have like a 10-minute discussion in our little group chat of like, is this something that we really want to consider? Maybe. And like, here's, I'm going to say no, and I'm, I'll, I'll explain why. So we got news this week, and I sent Xavier this, where Ryan Day did say that he wants to shorten the RB rotation at Ohio State going forward. He wants it to be like a one one or two. So no, he didn't say any names or anything like that, but everybody kind of speculated that that likely means Mayan Williams is safe because he had the most carries. And then Travion Henderson was out of his freaking mind every single play, every single time he touched the ball. So we're likely going to see him get more and more carries. That leaves guys like Crowley and Teague on the way out. If that is the case, there's only a two-back rotation there. That's going to be huge for Mayan Williams' value going forward. However... I need to see it first. I need to see it first. I need to see what that shortened rotation looks like. And if, again, my Williams stock does go up, it's going to be great. But for now, I'm going to hold him here on the bench. And I'm sure next week I'm going to be looking at it and saying, why do we bench him? He has 30-something points. Because <laughs> that's how yeah, this works I, sometimes. 
I really want to look at that breakdown of the carries that they had. I'm going to look that up right now um, for oh, yeah, how no, they like... uh, broke down the carries against uh, Minnesota. Because I know it was definitely, yeah, Maya Williams, Travion Henderson. And Master Teague, I think he ended up, like, you know, coming in that second. Uh, he was, like, the RB2 and then eventually lost that in the second half mm. to where Travion Henderson came in. But I, I really Well, Henderson only that. had three touches in that game. But, again, it's one of those yeah. things where you aren't going to start a true freshman out there against a good Minnesota team. Exactly. So. so. Hmm. Interesting. Let's see. What is the box score telling me? Oh, holy oh, little Muhammad Ibrahim, how I miss you. Okay. So, Maya Williams had nine carries for 125 yards, but he had that long for 71, which is yes. really good. Travion Henderson only had two carries for 15 yards and only a long for 10, but he had that pass for 70 yards. It was literally just like a screen pass, and he just took it to the house. So I feel more comfortable that they trust Mayan Williams in the backfield carrying the ball. I mean, my Trevion Henderson did look great on those two carries. I do remember them uh, pretty accurately. Well, he had one where he broke off for like 10 yards and it looked like he was just like a, a, a man amongst boys. But Mayan Williams did the same thing as well, too, where he looked like, you know, at any point he could just break off and he was, you know, helping them progress down the field. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I'd say for now we keep in the flexes that we have because I'm comfortable with the two guys. If we haven't discussed, we went Ch- uh, Jay Sean Corbin and Ches Malusi because yes. Jay Sean faces Jacksonville and Ches faces Eastern Michigan. So I feel comfortable with those now, especially with um, Wisconsin. Really, all their offense is just like Jake Ferguson and Ches Malusi. Mm-hmm. I, I can't really name anybody else that could possibly take away from that. I mean, obviously they're going to get to Eastern Michigan, so maybe a receiver or two can like get a touchdown or things like that for Graham Mertz's sake. But I think Ches is definitely going to have a good game of like maybe over 100 yards and a touchdown. I mean, some goal line ones too. So I'm down Always with down that too. That. Jay Sean, I, I really, you know, 15 carries. You, you, I don't know why you were uh, kind of like scoffing at uh, it's only 15 carries. I like 15 carries for Jay Sean. If it can, if I mean, obviously, I would like them to go up to like 20 or something, but I feel like the way Florida State is moving, you know, maybe it may be uh, unlikely, but you never know. Like, he broke off for that 80 yard one, and that could really help for us. I again, that, that's, that's, what's, that's, that's what's selling me here is that, again, he broke that off against Notre Dame. I can easily see him breaking off one or two against Jacksonville State. So, and also I'm in the gonna... passing game as well, too. Like, he's not a bad at receiving backs. Uh, How many receptions did he have last, last game? I think he had uh, maybe one or two. I'm looking at here. So he, he does. Yeah, was, so that's, eight, that's 18 touches. Uh, yeah, you're right. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm overreacting to 15. So yeah, 18 touches for the game. Uh, again, I'd like to see more, but honestly, I'm willing to, yeah. I'm, I'm willing to work with that against a team like Jacksonville State. Yeah, so, so I'm fine with those two. Yeah, I think that pretty much sets our lineup for the week. Um, uh, you want to move on to JD's? Yeah, we'll move on to we'll move on to our matchup this week against uh, Mr. JD Yonk at Yonker CFB. Great guy, follow him if you haven't already. Um, yeah, a lot a lot a lot less disagreement between us this week in terms of our lineup. Really, the only one being um, Raheem Jared and Joseph Engada. But we'll go ahead and move on to JD's team and yikes. Uh, his yeah. two quarterbacks are Matt Corral and Tanner Mordecai. His running backs this week are Mateo Durant and Zavian Valade. His wide receivers are Drake London, John Mechie, and Ja'Kiri Roberson. His tight end is Sean Dykes. His two flex running backs are Greg Bell and Treshawn Potts. Man. So, what a team. 
I'm gonna be real. I, I'm not. I don't know if we really need to spend that much time here because this is gonna be a hard one for us to win. I'm gonna be real. This is a very. I, I, this is a very good team that JD's put together here, and I'm 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 trying to take it position by position as I'm looking through it. I I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Eventually, we might have. I think a Michael wide Meyer receiver. Over, I was gonna say Michael yeah. Meyer over Sean Dykes. That might yeah, be it. That too. Yeah, I think our wide receivers. You know, I, I'd rate our wide receivers a little bit better than uh, JD's in this, especially this upcoming. Really? League. Well, Convin- except for, convince uh, me. Talk me off a cliff here, I, I, except, Oh man, I keep on forgetting Garrett Wilson. We we had the got a discussion, but uh, man, it's tough. I, I feel like we have the wide receiver one between. It's like David Bell and Keishawn Butte. Obviously, Keishawn Butte has moved up. Like you know, if we if we had a fluid list of like. Who's wide receiver one? Keishawn Butte was wide receiver one last. Oh, week, he was for week one, but David Bell is not that like far behind. It's just that he didn't get a touchdown. Purdue was like finding other options, and he stood over 100 yards. And they're playing UConn, so I'm expecting actually, him to get a lot more work. I can actually tell you what number he was because I'm actually setting up a spreadsheet of mine to look at for the rest. Yeah, of the I remember season. you told me. I was like, uh, we'll look over the season. I know if you're going to do it at the end or always to keep it uh, consistent. Uh, I keep so, it consistent. Yeah, but I mean, he has Drake London versus Stanford. I mean, Keaton Slovis uh, had an okay game, had two touchdowns, uh, had a 69 or 70. I think it was like 69, 68% completion percentage. Gary Bryant Jr. is coming back. A lot of people are excited about that. So, ball may be a little bit spread out a little bit more, but Drake London definitely looks like that standout receiver on for USC. John Mechie versus Mercer. I will say this about Alabama John Mechie got a lot of work against that Miami team. And it showed promise that a lot of doubters wrong about John Mechie going forward for the NFL future. And I'm excited about John Mechie. I like John Mechie. But Jamison Williams showed that he could be that wide receiver, too, for Bama. And they also have some young freshmen that can pop off as well. If JoJo Earl gets going, if they put in a Jai Hall. So I could see John Mechie being pulled early. I could definitely see that. Uh, and now he has J- – uh, then I'll go – I guess I'll go into Jakiri. He's going against um, – let's see. Is that Norfolk? Yeah, Norfolk State Spartans. Uh, he had a touchdown last week. I think he only had like uh, 80 yards, or I could be lying. So he only had six receptions, 46 yards, and a touchdown. And that was against Old Dominion. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I fully expect him to do better than that, but you never know. It could just be getting short passing receptions. And I think we uh, have a lot of big play guys. Bell is the wide receiver 26 last week, by the way. Yeah, probably. I mean, it, I, I would say like – yeah, wide receiver 26 in terms of, like, out of all the wide receivers. But towards but the end of the if, year, if he, we got gotten, good... if, if he had gotten a touchdown last week, he would have rocketed up. Yeah, like, that's he would definitely rocketed that. up. So, it's just, like, the opportunities that he's going to get for the rest of the season are just, like, wide receiver one potential. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I don't ever, like, you know, regret that pick, uh, us making that pick. We got him, like, what? That was our first pick? That was our first pick. Yeah, I don't regret that pick. Oh, I, God, I no, love no, that no, pick. No, 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 yeah. No. So, I feel like we have the edge... Maybe just over the big play having a hundred yard games for mm-hmm. David Bell and Rakeem Jarrett over JD with Drake London, John Mechie, and Jakiri, and also Michael Meyer. Now, I will say this our flexes, they could come in clutch. I, I, I do like Greg Bell, that does concern me, but Treshawn Potts, we shall see. I do like him over um, Cam, Cam Wiley, Wiley as, as the, uh, uh, the RB1 and Cam Wiley being RB2. And he does get a lot of receiving work in the back where I, I like his uh, versatility. But I think we just have so high-volume guys that have been there. And they're also playing cupcake opponents as well, too. 
And also, Minnesota's passing attack looks really good. Like, if they get um, Altman Bell back, and they also have um, Daniel, Jackson, Daniel Jackson, Dylan and, Wright. Um, Dylan Wright, yeah. So, they might not even need to rely on Trayshawn uh, Potts as much. As much. So, mm-hmm. we could, and this could end up being advantageous for us, but I am scared about Tanner Mordecai and Matt Corral playing Austin P. Hopefully, they take out Matt Corral at, like, halftime. Please, Lane Kiffin, I know you were sick from COVID, but you don't need to ha- like beat up on Austin P. Yeah, no that 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 quarterback matchup. Uh, even though I like Sam, how I like CJ Stroud, that quarterback matchup is gonna be rough for us. Yeah. So Mateo and um, Xavion, ugh, man, we'll see what Xavion does. I mean, he's is going against Northern Illinois. Mm. He did have like 19 carries for 77 yards against Wyoming, which it was a decent Wyoming team. I mean, not he, against Wyoming. I was gonna say he plays uh, from Wyoming. Yeah, he he went against Montana State. I bet. Mm. So it's, it's Montana State. So, I mean, he didn't have over 100 yards. He can get 100 yards. But I feel like Kenneth Walker is going to get way more carries and clear RB1, and they'll probably sit him down after, like, 20 carries over 100 yards and some touchdowns. Tuggle is going to have to prove a lot against um, Duquesne. God, the, Duquesne, the French school, whatever you want to call I wonder where Duquesne is. It's going to be That's interesting. I'll look that up. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it was Louisiana, but I'll look it up. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either. Uh, but also, he has Mateo Durant versus MCAT. Now, it won't be a, cl- a closer game. Like, Mateo Durant will get over 100 yards. He will get a touchdown. It's just the fact of, like, how early are they going to shut him down? Because he won't be in a close game like he was against Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, so, let's... I could see us possibly doing this. But I think, yeah, that quarterback tandem, especially with the six-point passing touchdowns, could be a downfall. I think, But so it could also well. work out for us. Duquesne's in uh, Pennsylvania, by the way. Really? Never, never would have guessed that. Never would have guessed that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. If you have nothing else to say, I think that pretty much wraps up our discussion for the Kings Classic this week. Again, I don't predict us to win. I think that uh, there's just too much firepower on JT or JD's side. Uh, we're gonna have to bo- we're gonna have to boost up our team as the season goes on a little bit more before we can face a team like that right now. So, I predict us to be one and one by the end of the, end of the weekend. Uh, I of predict this heart, to be two and zero. I would say, I would say, I might Xavier might be going with the hard here. He's probably going to pick us to go two and zero, which is fine. I'm always, I'm always good for optimism. So, again, y'all, thank you for listening once again. Thank you for um, bearing with me as my computer is in the shop right now, so we don't have quite like any of the graphics. Uh, we're going to keep this podcast only for right now. And yeah, uh, Xavier, if you got nothing else you want to say, uh, I can sign us out. All right. Yeah. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, we appreciate all the feedback that we get and all the uh, the mentions that we get on Twitter. We're excited that uh, the NFL starts today for uh, on Thursday today. So I'm um, excited to watch Tampa Bay and uh, the Cowboys to see how they look. But um, also have, ready for college football on Friday. Man, I hate it. I, I, I have to root for Tom Brady tonight. I'm starting him in fantasy. So, oh, yeah, that's disgusting. But good so, luck. Yep. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. So. Again, y'all have a wonderful day, and we'll see you guys next week.